Good evening, church. Can you imagine the day that Jesus said in his teaching, the kingdom of heaven is such, and then he continued his, his speech, and today he would stand before us and say, the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, that's us. We're glad to see you here tonight, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your attendance. Let's go to God, together to God uh, in a word of prayer, please. Merciful, masterful, heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to arrive safely here to worship you. Safe, Lord God, from, from evil as Satan strives to put things before us to keep us away from you. Safe, Lord God, from evil as Satan strives to keep us from praying to you. And we're thankful, Lord God, that you've just watched over us. And thank you that Jesus has made a way. And his way cannot be stopped. It cannot be thwarted. It cannot be prevented in any way. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And just ask that you'll help us today. That tonight as we hear your word, that something will be said to encourage us and strengthen us uh, from the weeks to come and the years to come until the day you call us home. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. I'm going back to Genesis chapter 42. Still talking about Joseph and Jesus. We're closing that out tonight. Um, imagine the beginning day of the ministry. And you put yourself in the seat of Jesus and in the place of, of Joseph. And the two of them stand before their brothers. These men who conspired to kill them. They had a plan, a devious plan. Each one of them, uh, the men were conspired against to be murdered. They wanted Jesus and Joseph dead. They both reject, were rejected by man, both Jesus and Joseph. They were hated. Hated by their brethren. And why? Why did the brothers of Joseph hate him? And how? Could the world hate Jesus? Did Joseph's brothers have a reason? The Bible tells us in John 15, uh, verse 25, that Jesus Christ was hated without a cause. There was no reason except hatred itself. And hatred, it just goes so deep, right? Hatred goes so deep. Herod had, had such a fear of Jesus and such a hatred of what would come that he went out and killed all the babies. All the babies. No king will come. He's the only king. Then comes a day. Imagine this for just a moment. Then comes the day that your brothers stand before you. Joseph and Jesus. Can you imagine the mixed emotions that Joseph had when he saw his brothers? Both Jesus and Joseph, they were not recognized by their brothers the first time, but both of them recognized their brothers. Jesus came as the light. They couldn't comprehend the light. They didn't understand the light. Joseph, his brothers come and in Genesis 42, verse 7, 
When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he disguised. He was disguised himself to them and spoke to them harshly. And he said to them, Where are, have you come from? And they said, From, from the land of Canaan to, to buy food. Can you imagine the mixed emotion? Are you coming to buy food from me? You, you need me now? Je- Jesus didn't have that emotion for God is full of love. But can you imagine if you were there, how you would have felt if you saw your brother? But think just for a moment about Jesus standing before his creation and his creation treating him the way they did. God is not like us. Thank you, God. But can you imagine the way Joseph felt? And in verse 8, But Joseph had recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him. John chapter 8. Joseph, when he saw his brothers, still knew he had a job to do. And he did his job very well. But Jesus, knowing people, he knew us so well. And in John 8, in verse 25, when he's standing before his brothers, uh, they said, So they were saying to him or to Jesus, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I've been preaching and teaching, and you haven't figured this out yet. I've told you who I was. But they weren't listening. What do you do with that? And imagine being Jesus now, going one step further than Joseph, having no one on earth that you can trust. John chapter 2. I mean, that makes you trust in your heavenly father. And, and no, no doubt he had his, his trust in his, his heavenly father. He loved his heavenly father and knew all things would be well. But he knew us so well. And in verse 23 of John 2, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, beholding his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all Men, And because he did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. But can you imagine your, I guess we can't because we don't have a creation, but your creation, your, the way that the creation treated the creator. They go a step further with Joseph. Joseph, Genesis please, chapter 39 Joseph was falsely accused. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And in Genesis 39, in verse 13, regarding Potiphar's wife, the Bible says, when she saw that he had left his garments in his hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me, to lie with me and I scream so far from the truth right there there was no truth in Potiphar's wife in this account and in verse 20 so Joseph's master took him and put him into jail the place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the jail and imagine being falsely accused right imagine being falsely accused how does that feel second corinthians 
chapter 5. So we know Joseph's plight. You read about Joseph and you understand how Joseph was in the prison uh, for years. He spent time in prison being falsely accused. And, and you, know, you, can, you know what he looked like when he came out of the prison, when he stood before the king. Uh, before the, uh, the, the, if you will, of Egypt, and, and they had to shave him and clean him up, and he was in a dungeon, right? And a different kind of prison. Jesus' dungeon, if you will, was on earth amongst the people that were bloodthirsty and had no desire for truth. In 2 Corinthians 5, in verse 21, he made himself who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in spite of what happened, regardless of, of what happened to Jesus, Matthew 26, Jesus went on with the plan that God had set out for him, as Joseph as well, as he fed the people, he fed the world. But how does it feel to be falsely accused and then still go to the cross for the people? How would you have done with that? Remember, he had to go without sin, right? Matthew 26 and verse 59. Look, just look at, how, look at how difficult this was. Now the chief priest and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order that they might put him to death. I mean, somewhere in there you have to say, look, we don't have any testimony. We, he's right, we're wrong. Let's just stop. No, that's, that's not what they do. And they did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward, but later on too came forward and said, this man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Verse 65, as if that was evidence of anything. Verse 65 says, Then the high priest tore his robe, saying, He has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witness? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered and said, He is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is the one who hit you? Joseph was imprisoned. Jesus had to imprison himself, if you will. He had to stay away, keep away from sin at the hands of godless and treacherous men. But you know, Jesus and Joseph were both exalted, right? Now for Jesus, it was uh, through the resurrection. We know he came, he lived, he died, he was buried and rose from the dead. And Joseph was a type of resurrection in that Joseph was presumed to be dead and yet lives. Joseph also was released from the the picture of prison, rather, if you will. And in prison, he came and became one of the greatest men in Egypt. He was exalted. I'm going to Genesis uh, 41. Through all the bad stuff that went on in his life, he was exalted. Verse 44. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission. No one shall raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh named Joseph uh, Zepinath-Paniah, and he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, 
priest of On as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. Exalted to the highest position, second highest position in Egypt. Jesus too in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 was exalted. Life, God's way, we always win. Right? In life and in death, His people always win. And Jesus, after all the persecution and struggles and the resurrection, verse 9 says, Therefore, also God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name. They both received a name. One, a name from the highest man in that day, in that time, before Moses. And Jesus from God Himself, the Father. A name that is so high that in Acts 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. It's the name of Jesus and His name alone. And then can you imagine back in Genesis 41 what it was really all about? You know, when, when Joseph uh, received the blessing from God and all the dreams, they hated him, they despised him, they were jealous of him, they were envious of him, all because God gave him a dream and God was showing him things that they needed to know. Though they rejected God, the message of God through Joseph's dreams, Yet these things came to pass. And yet it, it all came down to this. In Genesis 41, in verse 38, we're not going to bow down to you, Joseph. And Joseph didn't say this, but we can. Yes, you are. Yes, you will. And in Genesis 41, in verse 38, they did. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put him the gold necklace around his neck. And he had him ride in his second chariot. And they proclaimed before him, Bow the knee. And he set him over all the land of Egypt. And you know what the brothers had to do? They had to bow the knee. It's kind of interesting that sometimes we, you know, we fight God. We fight the will of God. We fight the desire of God. We, even in our own personal lives. But you do know that in the end, each of us will bow the knee. Right? All of us. Some willingly and some reluctantly. But everyone will bow before God. You know what else is going to happen? Every person is going to be baptized whether you do it in this life or the life to come. Every person is going to be baptized. Baptism with fire in the end, the Bible says, or baptism in water today. God has made it crystal clear. God is going to have His way. Tonight, the question that I ask you as we turn to Philippians 2 and begin to close, 
Have you bowed the knee to Jesus in your heart today? Are you willing and ready to surrender even more than you already have of your will and your passions and your desires to God? Are you willing to give up some of the things that you've been holding on to, maybe some of the struggles and difficulties that you've had, and give them over to Jesus? And then my final question on this, this thought, or in this thought, is are you willing to give up the double life? Live one way before man, God's people, and live another way amongst the world. Everyone's going to bow the knee. So in Joseph's day, they all bowed the knee. And with Jesus, all will bow the knee. In verse 9, the Bible says, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you God for the opportunity to bow the knee to you. Thank you God for that. The lesson tonight is yours. If you're subject to Christ tonight in any way if we can help like to surrender to God in the waters of baptism if we can help in any way please come. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation.